Hi, I'm Carl Payton, pastor of Transformation Church RVA. I wanted to take a moment and thank you for checking out this sermon. I also wanted to bring to your attention something that is close to our hearts here. While our team has prayed that this message would stir within you a desire to know more about Jesus and be more like Him, our desire is that it would only be supplemental to your faith journey and not replace the church and faith community God has called you to be a part of locally. With that said, engage with us over the next 30 to 40 minutes as we dig into the Word of God proclaimed. Turning your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And I want to speak to you this morning, going into, this is the last Sunday of the year, I want to speak to you on good news for unfinished people. Good news for unfinished people. And going into 2020, this is good news for me because there's so much yet to be done. Here in this church, we, you realize we have not made it yet. We have not made it until we are standing room only and looking for more and more souls to introduce to Jesus. You understand that? You understand that all the churches, we've, we've got new churches popping up all over the place and there's still not enough churches to reach everyone who needs Jesus. Right here, that right in North Chesterfield, much less uh, the world, okay? Um, there's a lot of work to be done. And you know who does the work? Oh, the preacher does the work. That's why we pay you. Um, oh, you laugh. I've heard that. Yeah. Oh, it's the staff. Oh, I'll leave it to better Christians than me. Some of us live this way. There is unfinished work, not just for Transformation Church, not just for Pastor Carl. There's unfinished work for you. You understand this? I remember visiting Jerry in the hospital. Jerry has, has faced many battles over the last couple of years since, since I've been here. And during one of his hospital bouts, I, I remember us having a conversation. And, and to the tune of, if the Lord still has me here, he is not done with me yet. And we need to live our lives, at, lives as if there's still purpose in it. Like it's, it's, you, it's not like we reach retirement and then all of a sudden there's nothing left to do. Now it may feel that way, but this morning I'm telling you there's unfinished work. And, and you are an unfinished people. You are not done yet. God is not done working on you. And that's where I want to go today in 1 Thessalonians. Going into 2020, preaching to a room full of unfinished people, I have good news. 1 Thessalonians 5, I want you to go down to 23. Uh, Paul is writing this letter. It's the end of his letter. A kind of a benediction of sorts to the church at Thessalonica. Okay, so he's polishing off this letter, his last admonishment. And just to tell you, this church at Thessalonica was only a few months old. It almost feels like, you know, Southside Baptist has been here since 1949. 
Transformation Church, the new chapter of Southside, has been here a year, coming up in March. We'll celebrate one year in March since, since the relaunch. And so I, I almost take very kindred to this verse because we're still in very young stages. And this was his encouragement. This was Paul's encouragement. Verse 23, may God himself... The God of peace sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful. Everybody say faithful. And listen to this at the end of 24. And he will do it. Yeah. He will do it. There, there, I, I want to, I underlined in my Bible here, sanctify you through and through. Um, here's some other translations. Sanctify you completely. Make you completely holy. Make you pure, belonging only to him. You understand, Paul is benedicting at the end of this, praying for something that hasn't happened yet. How many of you have prayed for something that still hasn't happened yet? I have a list of prayers in my office. I'm still waiting on the Lord to move on. And many of those prayers have to do with Carl. Like, Lord, when are you going to work this out in me? I'm still wrestling this. And this is the prayer Paul is praying for this young church that he, they be sanctified through and through. And we know this hasn't happened yet because we look in the mirror. Oh, y'all, do y'all look in the mirror? I know you don't try to. I try to avoid it, but I do. Sometimes I will look in the mirror and I will say things like, wow, who ate the 20-year-old version of you? Or sometimes I'll look in the mirror and, you know, after I've sinned against my wife or sinned against my daughter, and, and you think, oh, pastor sins? <laughs> I haven't made it yet, folks, and that's the whole point of this scripture. He's still at work in me. And so when I've, now you may not sin against your wife or your kids, but when I lose my temper, there are times I, I, I sin against my wife, and I have to look myself in the mirror and say, Lord, when are you going to work this out in me? Because I know this isn't of you. This is my flesh at work. I need you to fix this. I need your help. This leads me to offer kind of a layman's definition of sanctification. If I were to try and define it in this context of this scripture, it's it would be defined as it's everything God does in your life and mine to make sure we turn out right. Sanctification. Everybody say sanctification. It's a real churchy term that just means he's working on me. He's working things out in me. Now look, God's, what God's aiming at is God intends that his children turn out right. That is the goal. And, and if you've raised kids... And I'm in the process currently. Um, there are lots of things I have to work out in my child. 
There are things I have to work out in my child yet to come. I'll give you an example. My wife is pregnant, if you didn't know. Um, uh, and we're actually due here very shortly. Um, very shortly. And uh, her name is McKinley. And um, I got a text the other day, and I've, I've been praying for my daughter already in the womb. Already in the womb, and I'll tell you why. It's right here. You know what these are? Peanut butter balls. I got notification last week that someone made some peanut butter balls for my family. My wife and I, and my wife texted the people, the lovely people that made us these peanut butter balls for all of us to share. And my wife said, McKinley, my yet-to-be-born daughter, ate all of the peanut butter balls. Don't tell my husband. Don't tell Carl. McKinley ate all the peanut butter balls. And so they had to make a special batch just so I could have some peanut butter balls today. I'm praying the Lord works out, sanctifies my daughter from her selfishness. Uh-huh, you're busted up there too. I see you. You can't have none of them. But God intends for, that his children turn out right. Sanctification is the divine guarantee that God's investment in you and I will not be wasted. Listen, God is invested in your life. You know why? His very breath birthed you. You were designed in his very image. God is invested in you. Sanctification then is God's commitment to us that he will finish what he starts. And look, in all transparency, I look at my life sometimes and I'm like, man, Lord, I wish you would work a little faster on this heart. I'm just, trying to, I'm just trying to be obedient to the Lord and wrestle with this flesh and put to death sin. You understand we're supposed to put to death sin, not control it. Has anybody ever told you that, that the scripture commands of us that we put sin to death? That we mortify the flesh? It's not enough just to say, oh, I can control my pride. I can control my anger. I can control my selfishness. No, God says to put it to death. And this is the process by which he does it, sanctification, being set apart. I came across a guy the other day wearing a pen. You know what the pen said? It was just some letters. It said, P-B-P-G-I-N-F-Y-M-I. And I said, man, that is the most special pen I've ever seen. So then I have to ask at the food lion, sir, what does this pen mean? All these letters. He says, it means please be patient. God is not finished with me yet. I was like, man, you must be a bad dude if you've got to wear a pen to tell everybody be patient with you. So anyway, in, 
In 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24, there are five Ps that explain kind of a short course on sanctification. I have five Ps. We're going to move fast. But I think these are important going into 2020 for you. Everybody poke yourself in the chest. Carl isn't preaching to the church. I'm preaching to you. I'm preaching to you. Out of what? The word of God. Okay? So this is, has implications for you today. Not for the person next to you. Not for your cousin Betty Lou down the road. For you. So if you leave here today and you leave unchanged... Well, that would probably be most Christians in church today that don't allow the word of God to bear its weight on you instead of everyone around you. God help us. Five Ps, the person, the purpose, the prospect, the position, and the promise. Uh, The very first one is the person. Right here at the beginning of 23, Uh, It says, may God himself, the God of peace. Now listen, Paul writes this in a weird way. He could have just said God. He could have just said the God of peace, but he doesn't. He says, God, God himself, may the God himself, the God of peace. He's emphatic about Declaring where sanctification begins. You know where sanctification begins? God. Now you may say, well that's duh, pastor. Everyone knows that. Yeah, but I don't know if you understand that. Because many times... We live our lives. I'm going to put my clock up here. Somebody told me I need to put a clock on the back wall because I get windy sometimes and um, may go over. But listen, I'm I'm going to try and keep it. I love her. Look at her. Lakin's our little cousin. Kenny's actually on our our security team. He's a Richmond police officer. Um, And uh, Kenny is so faithful to bring Lakin any time that Brittany can't be here. Um, I point that out because um, that is the type of commitment to God that produces his work in your heart. Um, So here's the truth. Only God can make you better. So when we say God himself, the God of peace, sanctification starts with God because he's the only one who can make it better. He's the only one that can make you better. Not a book. You know the largest section at the, the, the bookstore? You know what section it is? Self-help. In 2019, 2020, the largest section to go to, you know why? Because people think they can figure it out on their own. They can fix all these desires and needs. And I'm here to tell you today, there is nothing in your heart that can be fixed by you. It cannot be fixed By a nagging spouse, it cannot be fixed by mommy and daddy. It can only be fixed by Father God above. The things that you're working on, the shortcomings you have, and you have them, are fixed by God Almighty, the creator of the universe. And that's where sanctification begins. Only God can make us better. God is the author and source 
of our spiritual progress. Sanctification starts starts with God, and if it doesn't start there, you haven't really started. So number one, the person. Number two, the purpose. So, so it starts with God with the purpose of what? Sanctifying you through and through. Now, through and through translates unusual in the Greek. This is why. It's actually two Greek words put together. Now, that's why at the beginning I kind of read some different translations because some of them take one and not the other. But the way it literally translates is, it's a word for whole, complete, and the word for in the end. So when he says, may the God of all peace sanctify you through and through, he means he's going to make you complete in the end. So through and through means all of it, completely, wholly, in the end, complete. Most of us feel torn and fragmented. Do you feel torn and fragmented? Have you ever felt that way? You probably feel that way this morning. I'm going into 2020 thinking, how am I going to pull this whole thing together? The answer is the Lord. We're not finished yet, but we will be. We're not completely clean today, but we will be. We're not wholly wise today, but we will be. We may be sick in body today, but there's a day coming when that sanctification process comes to an end. And you are complete and whole. John Calvin said it this way, that God intends the entire renovation of the man. I love that. The entire renovation of the man. Have you ever watched a renovation show on TV? Do you, I, I do. Okay, I'll just talk about me. I, I, um, this is crowd participation, okay, and y'all are just big F on crowd participation today. <clears throat> it's fine. We'll make it. We'll make it. Flip or flop. Okay? That's a good one. I like flip or flop. Uh, Property Brothers. Uh, there's all types of renovation shows. Me and my wife love watching renovation shows. Okay? And, uh, but probably our favorite is the, the, the one and only Chip and Joanna Gaines on Fixer Upper. You ever seen Fixer Upper? If you haven't, you need to watch it. It is great. And, and, and listen, just to cut this to the short, because I had a real long story here about Fixer Upper. Every show, they walk into this house to fix it up. Hence the name of the show. And every single episode, right before the commercial break, Chip calls Joanna and he says, we got a problem. And then they go to commercial break. Because now you got to hang around and see what happens. We got a cracked foundation. We got to replace the whole roof. The producer has always put the trouble before a commercial break. Um, and here's what I've watched from, from all these renovating shows, and we all like renovation, and we, we love the process of ripping out the old and taking all the battered and beat up and making it new. Hear this. Renovation always takes longer than you estimated and costs more than you expected. My father-in-law is in the middle of, of an expansion project at their house. 
And it always takes longer and costs more. Listen, it is the same process with your sanctification. He is renovating you. And it will always cost more than you have changed for. Hear me. This is Jesus working it out in you. You can't afford it. It costs more than you have. And it's always going to take longer than you want it to. Today, we are holy in spots. When God is finished with us, we will be holy through and through. Number three. The prospect. So we've got God. He's sanctifying us through and through. And this is the the phrase, the very next phrase is, um, your whole spirit, soul, and body. Your whole spirit, soul, and body. So this tells us the extent of how sanctification works. It's not just a piece. It's everything. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying that God doesn't just want what you'll give him. He wants it all. He doesn't just want your attention on Sundays. He wants your attention all week. He doesn't simply want your prayer life, but not your obedience. Oh, If I were to ask you today, what would you change about yourself? Would you be skinnier? No, I would. I'm working on it in 2020. We'll see next December where I land. Taller, shorter, better looking. Can't get any better looking than this. The Lord did a great job. I'm kidding. Would you change your eyes, your hair, your teeth, your legs, your bulges? That's the first time I've ever said bulges in a sermon. If you could wave a magic wand and change your outward appearance, would it be a light touch-up or an extreme makeover? Um, uh, th- and that's just on the outside. On the inside, would it be more? Uh, would it be an impatient spirit? Would it be a critical tongue on the inside? Would it be envy of those around you? Would it be a spirit of discontent that you need to work out? Inside of you? Would it be lingering resentment, lust you can't conquer, financial mismanagement, guilty conscience, overbearing stubbornness, judgmental spirit, a quick temper, profound discouragement, inability to appreciate life, an ungrateful spirit? What would you change? Here's the good news of the gospel. You're going to be changed. For the believer, the promise is not it might, but it will. These things you wrestle with today, you will not wrestle with forever. The stuff about ourselves that drives us crazy will be gone. Number four, the position. God is sanctifying us through and through. Our mind, spirit, soul. He's doing all of it so we can attain this position, so we can be blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We've talked about this the whole Advent season, that he's coming back. You get this? He's coming back for you. He's coming back for the believer. 
The word blameless actually means acquitted in the court of law. News for you today. News flash. Beep, 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 beep. Alert, alert, alert. You're guilty. You're guilty. And the price paid for you was flesh and blood broken on a cross to pay the debt you could not. You are blameless if no one can bring a charge against you. I heard a story. Anybody own a Rolls Royce? <laughs> Wrong crowd, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't own one. <laughs> um, I, I wanted to own one. You know, the, you know Rolls Royce, they, uh, they, they marketed themselves as the car that would never break down. Well, a guy brought, bought a Rolls Royce, well, it broke down. So he calls Rolls Royce, says, hey, you said the car wouldn't break down, my car's broke down. Rolls Royce puts him and his car, flies them across the ocean, maybe on boat, I don't know, but they get them across the ocean. They fix his car, send him back home. A few months later, he called back just to check in and make sure everything was okay with the paperwork. Said, I never got a bill. I never got an invoice, anything. And they sent him back a message and said, we have no record that your car ever broke down. This is the scandalous grace and mercy that Christ offers you. God doesn't have amnesia. But there's a day coming, and, and maybe you've forgotten all the evil in your heart. Maybe you've forgotten all the wickedness and dark places that you have in your heart. But I have not. And for me to stand before the throne of God and him look at me and say, you are blameless. I have kept no record of your wrong. Oh, Talk about a humbling experience. That he would look at this poor broken vessel and make me complete and blameless before him. When God is finally finished, you will be like Jesus. Today, we don't feel blameless and we aren't. But there is a day coming when the guilt goes away, he makes it all right. Aren't you looking forward to that day? I don't know. Maybe some of you don't wrestle like some of the others. You might have it made. Lest you forget the price paid for you. And understand. Number five, and lastly, the promise. The promise. In verse 24, he, he tells us something very very clear. The one who calls you is faithful. 
and he will do it. Oh, he will do it. This little phrase is all important. Our entire hope, both in this life and the life to come, rests on the faithfulness of God. Not my effort or ability to do anything. It completely rests on God. One day we will look like Jesus. In Romans 8, 29, it tells us that we are predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Predestined. A lot of people wrestle um, with this term. It makes them uncomfortable. But pre means before. Destined means where we will end up. You know what this means? That God made up his mind even before our spiritual journey began. When we accepted Christ, when he picked us up when he chose us, God made up his mind about your final destination. His mind is made up about you. There's a, uh, how many of you ever heard of Michelangelo? Have you, have you heard of, he was a sculptor, painter, right? In 1464, there was another sculptor named Agostino Di Duccio. I hope I said that right. He began working. The, the city uh, employed him to work on this massive piece. They wanted him to sculpt out of marble a, an Old Testament figure. And he worked on it for years and gave up. Worked on it for years. And so for a decade it sat uh, in a shed somewhere. And then another guy came along, Antonio Rosalino, and he started to work on that same piece in 1476. Well, he, he also gave up. And in 1501, a 26-year-old sculptor named Michelangelo was offered a considerable sum of money to produce something worthwhile with this enormous, ugly block of marble that they now called the giant. As he began his work, he saw a major flaw near the bottom that had stymied other um, uh, sculptors, he decided to turn that part of stone into a broken tree stump to support the right leg. About four years later, it was about four years later when he finished the incomparable David statue that you've probably seen in pictures. Today, the 17-foot-tall statue stands on display at Academia Gallery in Florence, where people come from all over the world to see it. Now, they asked Michelangelo when he finished, how did, how did you do this? And this is what he said. In every block of marble, I see a statue as plain as though it stood before me, shaped and perfect in attitude and action. I have only to hew away the rough walls that imprison the lovely apparition to reveal it to the other eyes as mine see it. So just in layman's terms, in colloquial terms, I cut away everything that didn't look like David. What we talk about when we talk about sanctification is that God is going to cut away from you everything that doesn't look like him.
I don't know if you've ever seen the chiseling process, but it's not pretty. It's violent even. And today, our hope is that God is faithful and he will do it. Listen, listen to these last four words in verse 24. He said, he will do it. He will do it. Not he may do it. Not he might do it. Not he could do it. Not if he feels like it. And not if we do our part. But he will do it. So if you've come in this morning and you're discouraged. And you say, at the beginning of 2019, I was hoping by the end of the year, I, I, would, be, I would look so much more like Jesus than I do today. And, and, and my assurance this morning is that he is not going to stop working it out in you until he is done and it is complete. There's a, have you ever been to the Billy Graham Library in Charlotte? Anybody ever been down there? It's beautiful, you should go. Um, I got a chance uh, many years ago to go by uh, when just after Ruth Graham had passed and on Ruth Graham's tombstone you know what it reads end of construction thank you for your patience a faithful believer gone on to be with her savior no more construction no more chiseling, no more warring, no more wrestling, but a completeness and a wholeness that only God can offer. That's your hope today. Listen, when the Bible talks about sanctification, it talks about that we with unveiled face, it says in the New Testament, Paul writes, are changed into his image one degree of glory to the next. Thanks for streaming this audio from Transformation Church RVA located in Richmond, Virginia. For more information, check out our website at www.transformationrva.com.